Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Welcome, everyone, to the Monday edition. There we go. (laughs) Monday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And uh, really, I'll be honest, uh, we only have one thing to get to on today's podcast, and that was the gigantic jobs report that came out on Friday. We'll also talk about what's going to be happening this week. It's kind of a slow week. In fact, I usually like to try and find like commonalities that is commonalities that word uh, that are happening in the uh, week with regards to data drops. And it's it's like one of those. So here's what I've noticed is at the start of the month, you get a ton of data. It's jobs week. There's a lot of other reports that are dropping, you know, kind of like the end of the month, beginning of a month. There's a lot of reports. And then like the second week, it's very dead. And then the third week, it's also very dead. And so it's like the first week, the third week, and then kind of like that last week, beginning week is packed. So it's, 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 this is one of those dead weeks. There's, there's not a ton of info that is going to be sort of getting a lot of it, especially after last week. I mean, last week, it's it's funny because last week we had like a really big Wednesday and this Wednesday, like nothing's happening, but we're going to get into that here in a second. We got to start by talking about this jobs report that came out on Friday and just, (laughs) I don't even know how to describe it. So here we are, we're starting 2023. The Fed has been raising interest rates because they want to, I, I mean, for lack of trying to find a way to put it, you know, nice um, they want to raise unemployment. (laughs) There's, you know, the whole idea of the Phillips curve, right? You know, unemployment impacts inflation because the more power that workers have, they can demand higher wages as labor costs go up that increase costs for companies. They have to find a way to absorb those costs. Usually they absorb those costs for a while before eventually deciding to raise prices. Now, of course, obviously, That's an issue, but we're also dealing with global pressures as well. Um, Commodity prices, you know, inputs for regular businesses. We're seeing higher costs all over the globe. So you're not only seeing higher labor costs, but you're seeing higher uh, input costs. And so there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into inflation, basically. But we do know and the Fed has operated on this idea that a very, very tight labor market puts powers into the employee's hands, which, of course, is a good thing if you're an employee. It's not a good thing if you're an employer. And, you know, we can argue about the bias. And I was reading something recently and they were talking about do economists put too much emphasis on employers versus employees and how that impacts the overall economy. We can have that debate. But the reality is when it comes to prices, the more power that is in employees hands and the more power basically they can demand for wages that is going to increase prices. And so the, the theory is, this is the whole idea behind the Phillips curve, 
is that one of the ways to stop inflation is to increase unemployment. It sucks. I mean, but that's that's the reality of the situation. So what Jerome Powell has been trying to do is something of a miracle. He's been trying to pull off a soft landing, not a crash. A crash would be unemployment jumps way up. He's been trying to maybe slightly increase unemployment, but also at the same time reduce inflation by a much bigger amount. And everyone said it's never been done. It can't happen. And some are arguing it could be happening. And this report gives or shows evidence to the latter saying that Jerome Powell may be pulling off a soft landing because we have seen no loosening of the labor market. Last week was jobs week. We got all kinds of data, all, you know, jobless claims, job or, or job openings. The only um, report that showed anywhere close to a loosening labor market was the ADP report. And the ADP report does not have a lot of credibility. The non-farm payroll is the big one. And that's what we got on Friday. And it showed we were looking for a number of around 185,000. That was the same thing ADP was looking for. It came in at like 105,000, 106,000. This report, 517,000 jobs were supposedly created in the month of January. This was three times higher than what they were projecting. That is, I've never seen that big of a miss before. I've, I've never seen it. I mean, usually you'll see like you know, 50, 60% higher, 50, 60% lower. I've never seen a 3X miss, especially to the upside. Shocked is the only way I can describe the reaction that I saw on Friday from people I follow on Twitter. I mean, I'll tell you, so I, it was kind of funny. I was not paying attention for some reason. I got distracted and I was having breakfast with some friends and the report comes out. I'm not paying attention. Boom. My phone blows up. A friend of mine's calling. Do you see the jobs numbers? I'm like, Oh my God, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. 517. What? 517. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. I got off the phone with him after a couple minutes. Another phone call. <laughs> Did you see the jobs numbers? <laughs> so I'm getting all these phone calls because everyone knows that I follow these reports. Everyone knows that I follow these economic reports. Talk about it here on the podcast. I was not paying attention. And then it was like, boom, I get on Twitter and I'm looking at what everyone's saying. And it's just like, wow, wow, wow. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So once again, the total non-farm payroll employment rose 517,000 in January. That is much higher than what they were or what we saw in December with 260,000, which remember was also a beat. That was also a beat. And this is the biggest number that we have seen since February of 2022. I mean, this number is was, was astron was gigantic, I guess is the way it is just a humongous number. This of course pushed unemployment down to 3.4% from 3.5% in December, and it is now the lowest rate since May 1969. <laughs> I mean, over 50 years. This is this is nuts. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. I mean, so here we have Powell, who does, what, four 75 basis point hikes last year, ends the year with a 50 basis point hike. 
we just had a 25 basis point hike and we have seen zero loosening of the labor market. Now I've seen articles and reports and, and jobs, you know, jobs, employers are saying, yeah, Hey, we're seeing evidence that the labor market's loosening. We can all of a sudden find people. And there is some evidence in that. I mean, so he, here's the thing is that this was a broad based report. It wasn't like one sector created like 300,000 jobs. I mean, there, there were sectors that created more, but it was like across the board. We saw positive gains all easily in the five figures, some in the six figures. So leisure and hospitality took the gold medal. They created 128,000 jobs. 100,000 of those were in restaurants, basically. So a big increase. So you could say, well, maybe some of those layoffs in tech and media and somewhere else, maybe those people are then going to find jobs in leisure and hospitality. I don't know. <laughs> That's been one of the arguments, right? Le- you know, restaurants, um, hotels, other places have not been able to find workers. In fact, there's still, I think I read in the report, a couple hundred thousand short of where they were pre-pandemic. So leisure and hospitality is taking a big hit. Even with this big jump, there's still three, 400,000 jobs light from where they were before the pandemic. Uh, Professional and business services, they created 82,000 jobs. Government created 74,000. Healthcare, 58,000. And retail, 30,000. And because we do talk about housing here on the podcast, the housing industry created, or I should say the construction industry. So it's good news for housing. Even though, you know, builder confidence is at a, big time low. <laughs> I mean, it fell every single month in 2022. Uh, they added 25,000 jobs in January. Now, of course, that's construction overall. It's not just looking at housing construction, but it's a good example of just, you know, where is the, the job loss coming? <laughs> I mean, we're just, we're not seeing it. Um, you know, we're seeing these big articles about job losses at tech companies and media companies and You know, there's talk about people leaving the mortgage industry and leaving the real estate industry. And, you know, real estate's kind of a weird industry because, um, you know, real estate agents aren't employed technically. You know, a lot of them are 1099. Um, And then in the mortgage business, that's different. They are employed. And so you are seeing some layoffs in the mortgage business. But realtors, in a lot of cases, will just go find another job. And so they don't necessarily, there's, there's no layoffs like you're seeing in some of these other industries. And so housing can sometimes, when you see job losses in the housing industry, it can sometimes be missed. But one place you're definitely not seeing it is, say, construction. <laughs> it's definitely not there. And then, of course, obviously the big, other big number to look at besides what's happening with jobs is wages. And the average hourly earning for all employees on private non-farm payrolls rose by 10 cents or 0.3% to $33.03. Over the past 12 months or 12 months, the average hourly earnings are now up 4.4%. It's not bad. I mean, in, in normal circumstances, that would be phenomenal. Assuming inflation is under the 2% rate. Inflation, though, is not under 2%. In fact, inflation, according, is more than likely going to still be above 6%. I think it was 6.5% December. It's unlikely to fall under 6% in January. So let's just say 6% and be nice. 
Prices are up 6%. Wages are up 4.4. So unfortunately, real wages for employees are still down. They're still losing. Now, the hope is at some point we're going to see kind of these two points meet and then maybe inflation will fall, wages will rise, and we'll see a benefit for workers. We are not there yet. We are not there yet at all. Uh, and it should be also noted um, there were revisions, not surprisingly, to the upside for both November and December's reports. November was uh, November's report was revised upward by 35,000 jobs, now 290,000. December was revised upward as well, 37,000 to 260,000. So if you combine the last three months, November, December, January, that's over 1.1 million jobs were created, which is going to throw kind of a monkey wrench into any arguments that we're in the middle of a recession. I mean, I'm sorry, but you're not creating 1.1 million jobs in a recession in three months. I mean, that means you're averaging over 300,000 jobs a month, (laughs) almost (laughs) 400,000. That's just, that's crazy. And, you know, when this report came out, I was looking at a lot of economists who I follow, who I trust, Uh, Neil Irwin over at Axios, you know, he went right to Fed, you know, Fed funds rate, uh, said March rate hikes, even more of a done deal. May 2, no pause in tightening soon. I mean, the idea that the Fed is going to start or is going to stop hiking rates. It's just insane with these jobs reports. There's, there's no way. Uh, Heather Long at the Washington Post said this pretty much settles the recession debate, saying the U.S. economy gained an astonishing 517,000 jobs, much better than expected, 3.4% unemployment rate, lowest in decades. I mean, 59, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> or Sorry, 69. Um, wages up 4.4% in the past year. Bottom line, This is not an economy in recession. And that was what everyone was saying. Is that, okay, here we go. Yeah, some people were wondering, was December, November, December, maybe those were fluky reports. They're getting revised upward. And then we get this big report in January. I mean, how, there's just, there's no way. We're in a recession. But here's what's interesting. Not all the economists were taking this reported face value. In fact, some were questioning it. Uh, Adam Ozemek, I think I'm saying that right, Ozemek from the Economic Innovation Group. He wrote on Twitter, this is the first first person I saw say this, quote, not to be too negative here, but I don't really believe 500,000. Would bet non-trivial measurement error there, and it's measurement error that will give the Fed too much confidence that it's safe to keep rates um, contractionary for higher and longer. And then, and this is kind of surprising because Mark Zandi is like kind of a big name when it comes to economics. He's, of course, with Moody's Analytics. And he had similar concerns tweeting, whoa, the BLS jobs report for January was very strong. So strong, I don't believe it. The BLS is likely having measurement issues, most likely difficulty seasonally adjusting the data, which is especially important in January. This January was the fifth warmest on record. And so Adam Ozemek 
and Mark Zandi are both saying there's something wrong with the measurement here. This child's report. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, usually when you have a jobs report come out, there's about you know, 40 investment firms that give their projections. And this, in this month, at the last minute, we talked about this in the last podcast, Goldman Sachs changed their projection and said they thought there was going to be 300,000 jobs created, which was you know way above estimates. And they turned out to be way under what the actual report was. I've never seen that before. Usually, you know, you got some firm that comes out and is like 500,000. And then you got like the worst firm, not the worst firm, but the lowest number. (laughs) I'm not saying they're the worst. Comes out and says like, you know, 100,000. And then the job report comes in at like 200,000. And so you had one crazy report, you know, on the upside, one crazy report to the downside. And the report's always like kind of somewhere in that middle, like maybe a little bit higher, a little bit lower, whatever. In this case, nobody, not a single firm was projecting 500. Goldman Sachs, I think, had the biggest, biggest number. And so they were right to readjust. It was going to be a big number. But man, that was a big number. And so here you got Mark Zandi, Adam Ozemek, both saying, "Uh, I don't know if I trust these numbers. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens next month with the revision. But as of right now, man, if anyone out there has a bet on the Fed to stop raising rates anytime soon, (laughs) time to reevaluate that with your with your bookie. I mean, broker, (laughs) because there is no way uh, that's going to be happening. All right. Let me give you a heads up on what's going to be happening this week that we'll be talking about on the podcast. So Monday, as always, not a lot going on. We have Altos research data. I'm sure there might be something from Redfin or. CoreLogic that we'll be talking about on a Tuesday show, but Monday, as usual, is a little light. Tuesday, though, we do have a some big reports coming out. So I, the, the, I mentioned earlier that I like to kind of classify what the the week is going to be. This is like government money week, and what I mean by that is that on Tuesday, the first report that we're getting is the trade deficit, looking at the balance of trade. Our trade deficit is supposed to rise slightly. To 68.5 billion for December, close out 2022. And then CoreLogic's Home Price Insight report for December is more than likely going to show continued slowing of home price growth. If you remember, the last report that we got was for November and it showed a single digit number for home price growth. First time we've seen that in 22 months. And then this is a big report. At three o'clock on Tuesday, total consumer credit is expected to fall to twenty-four point one billion in October, down from twenty-seven point nine six billion in September. A lot of people are watching credit cards right now, which is a good indicator that prices are really starting to hit people. And so, what they've been doing is they've been shifting their spending to credit cards, and there's only so long you can do that. I mean, eventually, you know, you raise your credit card limit up, either you hit a limit or the minimum payments start impacting other spending. It's kind of what happens at the government level where you start crowding out other spending because you're paying for previous spending as those payments go up and that's happening. So not only is your balance increasing, but if it's a credit card, your your interest rates rising along with the Fed funds rate, which all these credit cards are tied to. So it's like a double whammy. 
And so a lot of people are paying attention to what's happening with credit cards right now. Uh, on Wednesday, mortgage demand uh, fell last week for the first time in 2023. We'll see what happens or we'll see what happens this week. But it's data from last week when we saw, you know, mortgage rates moving in a kind of consumer friendly direction. I will say uh, Thursday, initial jobless claims are supposed to rise to one hundred ninety four thousand. We'll get mortgage rate data from Freddie Mac. And then we'll get inflation data from China. Always important to see what's happening in China's economy. On Friday, uh, really early at 2 a.m., United Kingdom GDP is supposed to show 0% growth for the fourth quarter. That's not good. Uh, Michigan's one-year inflation expectations in the U.S. is expected to fall slightly to 3.8% from 3.9%. In January, and then more government data, two o'clock on Friday, the budget deficit, speaking of credit cards, the budget deficit is expected to rise to $97 billion to start 2023 from the $85 billion that we were in the hole in December. A little different scenario. You're talking about government and credit cards. (laughs) So there you go. That's what we got. It's kind of a, you know, we have no real big report, right? No inflation data, at least for the U.S. Um, No big housing data. I do like that CoreLogic report, though. It's always kind of interesting. First one we get for the month. So we'll talk about that. But yeah, kind of a kind of a nonchalant week. I will say. All right. So we will talk to you tomorrow for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And you guys remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.